You are listening to episode 32 of Brave and Boss, the podcast. On today's episode, I'm talking all about finding help. So I'm going to break down the differences between a coach, a consultant, a mentor, an employee, an advisor, and talk all about each of those roles, what they do, what kind of impact they can have on your business, and how to find these people, what to pay, what not to pay, and how to determine what you really need in your business right now. So let's dig in. Welcome to Brave and Boss, a podcast for the purpose-driven founder who wants to grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host, Christy Sumer. I'm the CEO and founder of the Ethical Fashion Line Encircled, a conscious business coach and passionate about helping you break through your limits and build a brand that matters. Let's do this. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Brave and Boss, the podcast. I'm your host, Christy Sumer, the founder of the seven-figure ethical fashion brand Encircled and founder of Brave and Boss. I am so delighted that you came back to listen to this podcast. Thank you if you are a returning listener and welcome if you're brand new. I'm happy to have everybody listening to this and learning more about how to build a purpose-driven product-based business. On today's episode, I was super inspired by... A lot of questions that I see come up in Facebook groups around what people need at this stage to grow their business in terms of who do they need in their business. And so I really wanted to break down my point of view around different people you can hire or seek out to help you grow your business and give you a bit of context of who they are. Um, what kind of impact they can have on your business, how to find them, how much to pay them or not pay them, and you know some considerations to take into account if you're thinking about adding any of these people into your circle to help you grow your business. So from a starting point, I just want to say this is totally my personal opinion as usual um, and just based on my experience as well. So I don't teach anything that I don't know myself. So I'll be very clear throughout the episode where I have and have not engaged with people like this. And yeah, let's, let's go from there. All right, so let's start off and talk a little bit about some of the roles that you may see come up and what the key differences are in them. So the first one I want to talk about, we're going to first talk about consultants and what a consultant is. And that will lead us then into talking about a coach and a freelancer and what those are, a mentor, an advisor, and then we'll talk a little bit about hiring employees and team members at the end. So determining what you need in your business right now, oftentimes um, when people come to me for coaching, they definitely want to scale their businesses. And many people who come to me for business coaching who are in a position where they want to scale, meaning that they've launched their business and they've seen some traction, you know, they're usually a solopreneur. They're doing all the things. So the definite easy thing to do would be think, okay, I need to hire somebody to help me. But like, who do you hire? And who do you actually need at this stage in your business to grow? So a lot of these roles is really dependent on a few things. So number one, how much financial capability you have, because some of these are paid roles. Um, number two, where you are in your business. So potentially having a mentor at maybe too early of a stage, like before your business has launched, does not make sense. 
Um, and three, your capacity operationally to support some of these people. So having an employee who's a permanent employee may work, but only if you have all the operations set up in place to support them, be it whether you need an actual physical space or a payroll account and all those details around that. So let's start out with the consultant. So typically a consultant is somebody who comes into your business and they do some sort of assessment. They will, you know, a consultant could come in and maybe look at your supply chain. So there'll be a supply chain consultant. They'll come in, they'll look at your supply chain. They'll see what processes you're doing, you know, costs, all that kind of stuff. And then they'll typically do what we would call a gap analysis. So they'll just look at like best practices, their experience, and they'll provide some sort of assessment on where you are in that continuum. So let's say specifically for your supply chain, you're looking to uh, reduce costs. So they'll come up with some recommendations. And then sometimes a consultant will stick around and actually implement those changes. But quite often from my experience consulting for bus- bigger businesses, we usually just go in and do an assessment and leave. Um, full disclosure, I no longer do consulting, but my part of my career was spent in management consulting. And that's kind of what they do. They just, we weren't really implementers of what we were recommending. And consultants are usually a paid role. So you can hire a consultant now from like freelancers. So like people who work for themselves, you can hire a consultant who works for a firm um, like a PwC or a Deloitte or something like that. Um, But for a small business, you'd probably be looking at hiring somebody who works for themselves in a very special role. Typically, these are specialists. So they look at a very niche area of your business. And really, this is somebody who I would say you would likely hire when you have a specific growth area you need to focus on. So you've got your business running, you've got some traction. I would guess you've got, you know, at least six figures in sales would be kind of a good starting point. And then you've got a pain point in your business. So like I mentioned, maybe it's supply chain, like maybe you're you know, a lot of your costs are being leaked out through supply chain. So you need to figure that out. Or maybe you want to get onto like Amazon as a channel. So you would hire like an Amazon consultant to like set up everything for you um, or give you, you know, the tools or the framework for doing that yourself. Um, Or perhaps um, I'm trying to think of another one, or maybe you um, want to improve um, your conversion rate so you would hire like a conversion rate optimization consultant and that person would probably come in and do an assessment of your website do some recommendations and then you could probably pay them to implement them as well so this is where like a consultant kind of borders on a freelancer in a lot of ways but um, they are slightly different in a couple roles so we'll talk about that a little bit more Um, consultants are usually paid um, unless you can find some free consulting hours if you find that let me know Um, but actually I do have one source for free consulting and which is typically like incubators so if you work with an accelerator or incubator um, often those are run by universities or um, other not-for-profit organizations and they specialize in a certain area of business like Y Combinator is like an example I guess of an accelerator who takes equity or ownership in your business, but they give you like consulting hours for free. Um, I was part of the Fashion Zone, which is uh, run by Ryerson University, and they have a bunch of consultants who provide their time for free. Um, But most likely this is a paid person, and they're going to give you a very specified um, proposal and determination of fees, and there'll be like deposits, 
et cetera, et cetera. All right. So freelancers. So oftentimes we talked about like consultants can be freelancers. So, you know, most likely if you're a small business, you're going to be working with a consultant who's self-employed. You're not going to probably be hiring somebody who works at Deloitte because frankly, from working at PwC, those engagements are, you know, they started like $250,000 probably. Um, So that person probably works for themselves. So technically a freelancer. But a freelancer to me is somebody who's a little bit more um, project-based. So when I think about, they're definitely an implementer. They're definitely doing things um, and taking action. They're not necessarily doing like an assessment for you. They may require your input into their project, but they're actually going to be doing a lot of the work and implementation. So a a couple of examples I think of immediately with freelancers are graphic designers, um, copywriters. Um, You know, I would probably put a Facebook ads person in here too, um, because they do need some input for you. But at the end of the day, what they're doing is actually doing the work. Um, This is a great hire to hire in lieu of hiring an employee so if you're not ready for an employee you can hire a freelancer so if you're not ready to put a full-time graphic designer in your business or can't afford to hire a graphic design freelancer maybe you give them a retainer a monthly amount that they can um, bill hours against and then um, you can work with them on project-based things like a label design etc freelancers are always paid and they should be because they're running their own business too. So um, an example, we just hired a copywriter in our business at Encircled and you know she, she requires us to fill out like a questionnaire and then she takes that and she comes up with like a plan and then she's gonna implement that copy for us and write the copy. So that to me is like a traditional freelancer. So finding freelancers is, um, a challenge in some ways, but not a challenge. So what I mean is that freelancers are everywhere. So the gig, the gig economy is real right now. Um, and you see a lot of people working for themselves. They don't want to work for other um, agencies and all this kind of stuff. So um, you can go on sites like upwork.com and do a search or put a proposal out and get people to apply. Um, my favorite way to get freelancers, especially in the space of like, SEO or copywriting or graphic design um, is really through referral. So asking around, asking your uh, friends and family, asking other business owners who they use. If you find somebody who's, uh, you know, photography who you love, um, ask them who they, who shoots their photography. You know, I think a lot of that um, really the high quality ones are through referral because Google is such such a nightmare like you google that and you're gonna get like a thousand people and it's just gonna be very hard to zero in on who's right for your business because once again like kind of like a consultant and a a freelancer you want people who've worked in your industry you want people who understand your business you know you don't want a consultant on supply chain who's only worked with like the gap and old navy because that's way too big of a supply chain versus you you want somebody who's worked with like small business supply chains and same thing with freelancers like you don't necessarily i mean i think it's great if they've got experience working for like colgate palmolive doing labels but ideally you want somebody who you can afford who has the knowledge to do up a label but can make it in a way that's like cost effective for you so asking other small businesses who they use for freelancers is a great way to approach this 
um, and definitely building that referral base yourself um, and just following people whose work you like and getting to know them as people before you hire them. Um, That's super, super important. And generally freelancers are paid also kind of similarly to a consultant. So they're either paid on an hourly basis or a project flat rate fee. I'm always a fan, at least just now, quite frankly, um, in my business where we're at on a flat rate, I like to know how much I'm paying for stuff. Um, Even if there's like a variance potentially based on revisions or anything like that, it's just easier to budget for. I find hourly consulting just, it could be a big open ended timelessness period and then you're required to like track it and you know it's out of your control so if you have a project that you can get people to quote on give you a detailed estimate that's great another typical freelancer that you may use in your e-commerce business is a web developer so a lot of us can't afford to hire web developers until we're much further along in our business so uh, working with a freelancer in this aspect is really good they also generally charge hourly but as a good practice, you would want to ask them for an estimate, give them like an overview of what you're doing on on project, like what you want fixed on your website, etc. And they can give you an estimate or quote. And generally they come, if they're a good freelancer, they'll come within that quote or honor it. Um, So that's another common freelancer that e-commerce businesses work with. All right. So let's talk about, let's talk about coaches. Now, And then we'll talk about mentors, advisors, and we'll wrap up with employees. So a coach is typically a paid role. And the difference between a coach and a consultant is a coach isn't going to do the work for you. So whereas a consultant would come in and do an assessment and put together a detailed plan and probably maybe implement it for you, a coach is going to co-create that plan. They're going to give you the tools to enable you to create that plan and the framework and the support um, to do that. You know, So they're going to teach on a couple of different topics probably. They're usually fairly specialized um, and they're going to give you resources and homework and things to work through between sessions. So typically coaches work... Um, you know, in a couple different ways. Um, from my experience coaching, like I usually do like one day intensives where I coach like a full day um, of like eight hours of coaching, or I do, um, you know, monthly, I do three and six month packages. And each of those packages have like two sessions a month, basically. Um, and then unlimited email support in between. Um, But those are designed to really enable somebody to do the work for themselves and support them in that process. So there's many different kinds of coaches. There's business coaches, life coaches, wealth coaches, uh, mindset coaches, uh, so many different areas. It's a largely unregulated industry. You know, there are coaching schools, there are programs that you can take to be a coach, but it's not required. Anybody can call themselves a coach. Um, So that's why it's really important when you are hiring a coach for your business to do your research and just really understand their background, what they've done, um, you know, what businesses they've built or been involved in, who they work with, what type of businesses do they work with, um, because that will be really critical to your success working with them. Ideally, you don't want you know, if you're hiring a business coach and they've only worked with service-based businesses, that's probably not going to be super helpful for your product-based business. You want somebody who understands your business model and has worked within it. 
Uh, you definitely want somebody, I think, from if you're hiring a business coach specifically, um, somebody who focuses in at least in your um you know, I think ideally focusing on somebody who's in your category, like if you're if you're selling clothing, getting somebody who specializes in apparel, um, or maybe just like hard goods. So if somebody does, you know, you know, furniture, um, that's very specific. So you may want somebody who focuses on you know physical hard good products. Uh, it really depends on what you're trying to do and what aspects you really need coaching on. Um, for me, I find right now in my business, I don't really need a lot of like freelancers we utilize, but coaches, I don't really need a business coach right now at this stage of my business. You know, had I not come from a business background, had I not had e-commerce experience um, before starting my business, I probably would have invested in a coach because I think the one benefit of a coach is they can accelerate your learning because they know exactly the steps to take and and the pitfalls and the missteps and the opportunities and all that kind of stuff from their experience. But I'm more akin right now into hiring like coaches in areas where I really need development. So mindset, life coaching, that kind of stuff, um, because that's stuff that I need to work on personally. So I often see a coach as being a personal tool. So it's not somebody who's going to come in and um, coach your whole team. Like they're usually coaching you as an individual in your business. So it has to be really specific and clear what you need and what experience you want out of that I mean, some people have hired me to coach them in the past purely for accountability. They just need somebody to chat with them and be a sounding board for stuff and then follow up with them and make sure they're doing the work. Um, You know, but a lot of my coaching that I do through Bave and Boss is really around business coaching and branding and strategy and marketing. Um, So you really need to determine what your needs are before you find them. Um, Pricing for coaches all over the map. I mean, I've seen coaches, especially in the life coaching space that charge $5,000 a month. Um, And funnily enough, like the wealth and mindset coaches seem to be very expensive. I don't know if that's just like a mind bender or what, but um, you, you really need to determine what your budget is. I find it's best to do a coaching package. So I'm not a big fan of one-off sessions. I don't even do them from a coaching perspective in my own coaching practice because you just can't learn enough about people or their business to be able to really be effective in one session. It's pretty, it's just not enough time. Um, so you really want to engage with somebody, I think, where you can spend at least like four to six sessions with them. Um, so they have time to know your business, know you, um, and support you and give you like tools and homework along the way. I mean, if you have like quick questions and stuff like that, you can hire a coach on, um, there's a couple of websites you can Google them. I don't remember the names off the top of my head, but you can hire like a coach for like an hour just to answer quick questions and stuff like that. So that could be a workaround, but generally coaches have like a monthly fee. Um, you know, again, totally ranges, but If you think about it, you're hiring a coach, let's say you want to um, grow your email list and you really, you need somebody to look at some stuff and coach you through that process. Um, You know, if you sell an additional like few items through your email, maybe that will pay for that coach. So it's always kind of coming back to what the impact of that coach would be on your business and um, your specific needs as well. All right. So coach and mentor. So what's the difference there? So mentors to me are very different than coaches because generally mentors are not paid. 
you will see paid mentoring. In fact, I am a paid mentor coach, which is a mind bender also in Marie Forleo's B-School program. But I wouldn't call myself a mentor necessarily. I guess I'm a mentor in the fact that I've done the program and I'm there obviously to support and help the students, but I'm also paid. I'm not paid by the students, I'm paid by B-School. But I've had mentors in uh, my business now for the last five years and they're never paid. They're usually volunteers, um, you know, how you get them really depends. So um, in Canada, there's a couple of organizations. There's the Forum for Women Entrepreneurs, um, or you can join like an incubator or accelerator, or you can just cold reach out to people and try and ask them to see if they'd mentor you. Um, but generally, it's assumed that this is a volunteer position. Um, some of the organizations may charge a small fee to organize the mentorship program, which is totally normal. It's usually like two or three, four hundred dollars. And then you get a mentor for like a year. So mentors typically like a year long relationship, if not more. Um, You know, I know some people who have mentors for like 10 years and you meet once a month for maybe like an hour and you have a very clear agenda. So generally mentorships kind of um, are more like accountability, I would say, in a lot of ways, because you're meeting monthly, you are spending time. Um, going over follow-ups that you had from the last meeting. You're talking about what's going on in your business today. You're talking about challenges or opportunities you need like advice on and then wrap up and next steps and like commitments. And then you kind of rinse and repeat every month. You come back and review that agenda. Um, I do volunteer mentoring through a forum for women entrepreneurs as well. So I have a mentee through there. Um, You can be a mentor at any stage in your business to a brand as long as you're a few steps ahead of people. Um, But I highly recommend getting a mentor, especially if you've like, I wouldn't get a mentor. Here's where I wouldn't get a mentor. If you haven't launched your business, I probably wouldn't get a mentor at that point. I don't know. It just doesn't seem effective. I would get a mentor at the point where, you know, you've got some traction in your business and you really need support. So seek out somebody who's been in your shoes and in your industry who, um, you know, maybe like a few steps ahead of you who might be able to give you some guidance. Again, mentors aren't consultants. They're not going to implement anything for you. Um, they may introduce you to people um, and build connections. Um, they may um, look at things for you, but generally it's excluded to that like one hour time frame a month. And it's important to be really respectful of people's time in this aspect because, you know, my mentor right now, she's the CEO of like a hundred million dollar underwear brand. And I'm not going to just like email her all the time and ask her like these little questions. It would be super disrespectful to her time. So I just save them all up for like, you know, once a month and we go through them all and she spends time and then we do follow-ups and it's great. Um, And she's been really beneficial to me because she is a CEO of a hundred million dollar brand. So she has a much, and she's super seasoned in the retail industry. So she has a much different high level strategic perspective. And so if you're trying to scale and grow your business, you need somebody who can pull you up out of the operations a little bit and into the strategy. And that's, in my opinion, the best thing a mentor can do. All right, so um, the last one I want to go into before I talk about advisors and board members um, is employees. So employees, obviously somebody you hire. Um, In the U.S., there's very different types of employees. Um, In Canada, it's generally, you know, you're a a contractor or full-time permanent or part-time permanent employee. Um, You know, when you're ready to hire, you just kind of, I always get asked this question, like, when are you ready to hire? 
um, you just kind of have to be. You have to realize that like your bandwidth is stretched beyond your capacity. And that is like actually the worst time to hire. You should realize that sooner. But a lot of us just come to it when we realize that we're working on things that we shouldn't be working on, i.e. things that don't generate that much um, income or sales for the business. So if you're feeling overwhelmed by shipping, customer service, um, returns, uh, website updates, then maybe it's time to consider hiring an employee. If you have more than enough work for like 20 hours a week, you could start with somebody part-time. Um, so I highly recommend starting with an exercise, just doing a day in the life of or a week in the life of and tracking your time. So spending seven days and just marking down how much time you're spending on each activity and then add that up and see can you hire an employee? Is there enough stuff here where if you spent more time on writing emails and doing, you know, paid ads and like photo shoots that you could like, you know, hire somebody to help you with some of the other administrative stuff. So that for me fundamentally is a starting point. If you're just dipping your toe into employees, definitely start with somebody part-time. It's way less scary um, or start with an intern and then you can kind of promote from within as they grow as well in their role. So employees are always paid. I mean, we pay interns too at Encircled. I know you can get interns on credit. Uh, it's just not something in our values to not pay people to work for us, uh, especially if they're doing similar work to other people on the, on the team. Um, and finding employees, well, again, referrals great, but you know, job boards, um, you know, there's Facebook groups where you can post things, LinkedIn referral. Uh, lots of good ways to go about this. I've done a bunch of episodes on hiring, but I'm going to plan doing uh, a few more in the next couple of weeks as well. So the last category of who you need on your team is an advisor slash board member. So um, the differences between an advisor and a board member are usually functionally driven. So a board member is typically somebody who sits on your board of directors for your business. Um, they likely have an official role in your business. They're noted in the corporate documents as being a board of director. They have a board seat. They have a, therefore they have voting rights in the business and they probably have some equity in the business. Whereas an advisor um, may or may not have equity in the business, may or may not have a board seat and may, may just be volunteer with no equity or anything. Um, and really the biggest role of advisors and board of directors is oversight. So somebody to hold you accountable Again, similar to a mentor, somebody to take like a, you know, 3,000 foot view on your business and help you see things through different perspectives. Um, Forming these, I'm not the foremost expert on it because I actually don't even have a board of directors. Well, technically I do it encircled, like it's me and my investor, but we don't really have formal board meetings. But if you decide to do this with an advisory board or a board of directors, just know that there's a lot of logistical stuff that goes around with this. You have to have meetings and minutes and all this kind of stuff and a lot of contracts in place. Um, a lot of people do this, uh, form a, an advisory board, a form a board of directors when they want to go out and get financing because it can be used as a way to show that you have support and you have people behind you who have had some measured business success that um, is proof that your business is doing really well. Um, so that can be like a tool for negotiation, I guess. But if you're, you don't, you definitely don't need an advisor or a board of directors to be in place in order to get financing or get um, capital investment or angel investors, et cetera. It's not, it's not needed. So um, I would say like this advisory board kind of role, I mean, you'll see a lot of tech companies doing it from the get-go before they even generate revenue. 
For e-commerce, you may see that happen, but you typically will see it formed once somebody gets some investment from um, whether it's um, angel investors or private equity, they want you to have a board. So it's kind of a forced role. Advisory board, you will see usually in smaller businesses um, who want some profile to their business, they'll form that um, usually on a volunteer basis. I just don't have it because, frankly, I have enough support through my team and my mentor and um, any coaches that I have. But if it's something you're considering, um, definitely you can Google and look into that a little bit more. Um, But I would say this is for typically businesses where they're ready for investment. All right. So coach, consultant, mentor, advisor, employee, board director, uh, freelancer. We covered it all today. Wow. What an episode. So I hope you've learned a lot about the different type of people you can have in your business and how they can support you. Um, if you want to join the conversation further, jump on over to facebook.com slash group slash brave and boss and join our free Facebook group. I'd love to chat more about who you feel like you are missing in your business right now and who you want to bring into that Um, circle of influence as well. So we'll talk to you next week. Take care. Thank you for listening to Brave and Boss, the podcast. If you want to take your e-commerce brand to the next level, be sure to check out my website at christysumer.com where you can find all the show notes, free resources and blog posts and principles to help you grow your online store. You can also follow me at K-R-I-S-T-I-S-O-O-M-E-R on Instagram. Find your purpose, make it happen. I'll talk to you soon.